0: Welcome to the First Prez Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. Our services are Sunday mornings at 8:30, 9, 10 and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at firstprezcos.org. Good morning, church. How are y'all? Did you have a good Christmas? Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Lydia Lockhart. I'm the pastor of Mission Engagement here at First Press. I have the privilege of getting to connect with our partners globally in four different countries as well as locally with 20 different nonprofits here around our city. I'm really excited to get to bring the word of God to us this morning. Before we do, let's uh, just come before the Lord in prayer. Dear God, um, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that even though it's an old book, it still speaks to us today. And so we pray, God, would you speak a fresh word to each of us today? God, touch our hearts, um, speak to us in the ways that we need to hear from you. Uh, Lord, I pray that you get me out of the way, and that your voice would come through loud and clear. In your name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as some of you guys know I went to Fuller Seminary in California. And that is located near L.A. And so sometimes as I was walking down the streets of Pasadena, the smaller town where I lived, I would see famous people walking around. That was a totally new experience for me, being someone from a small town in Texas. So one time I was walking down the street and I remember looking and then doing a double take. And I'm going, oh my gosh, that was Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> and, um, and, and he was. And he was just wearing jeans, t-shirt, like that. Not exactly from that day, but <laughs> but looking just like that, right? Like an average person just walking down the streets of Pasadena. Um, and another time, I was in a coffee shop with a friend of mine, Becca, and we were studying for our seminary classes together, uh, working diligently. I had my specialty coffee drink with me. It was a great time. Anyways, so focused in on that, and then Becca looks up, and she's like, oh my gosh, isn't that Joel from Parenthood? And me not having seen Parenthood before, um, was like, where? And I looked where she was pointing, and I was trying to like look for a famous looking person, um, but to no avail. Like, I couldn't distinguish, like no one stuck out to me. Um, and so I did a quick Google search, Joel Parenthood, um, <laughs> and came up uh, with the uh, the actor's name, uh, Sam Yeager. And I was like, okay. So I looked and I was like, oh my gosh, that's totally him. And so we, um, then, of course, we start talking, like, okay, well, what do we do? And um, I knew that my mom was a really big fan of parenthood, and so I was like, it will be so fun if I got a picture with him. So I was thinking, okay, wait, so how do I, like, approach him, you know? I mean, it's not every day you meet a movie star, right? So I'm like, you know, I'm a natural extrovert, so clearly I just walked up, no. (laughs) I was completely terrified. I was, like, so awkward, like more awkward than I've ever been meeting anyone. And I was just like, how do you even like start the conversation? (laughs) Like, oh, you're famous, right? Like, (laughs) you know, how do you, how do you even start that? So we're talking and I was like, Becca, come with me, like help, help me, you know? And she's like, no, 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 no. Like you can do that, but I'll, I'll come next to you for a little bit and then I'll just wait kind of in the background. (laughs) And then, you know, if you need me, if you're ready to take that picture, I'll, I'll have my camera ready. I was like, okay. So I, like, gained, like, gather up, like, all the courage that I can muster, and I walk up to him, just like, hi, you're Sam Yeager, right? And to my surprise, he said, yes, I am. I was like, wow. <laughs> um, and then we just started chatting, and it turns out he's a really friendly guy, super kind, and um, he was probably used to that. He seemed very comfortable being recognized as a famous person. Um, and then at the end, I was like, you probably get this a lot, but... My mom's a huge fan of your show. Could I get a picture with you? And thankfully, my friend comes out from the shadows, snaps the picture. So I got that <laughs> as proof that I met him. Um, and I think, you know, we look kind of good together, right? But anyways. <laughs> uh, turns out he's married. So, But uh, at the same time, you know, it was it was really fun. And then I got to share that with my mom and share it with some friends on social media. So... Yeah, so it's really fun. Um, In our passage today, we're going to talk about a time when somebody is walking around the streets just as an average person, and it turns out that person is God. We're talking about Jesus, um, who came to earth as a human, and how some people, when they saw him, they recognized him. But some people, when they saw him, they didn't. He was just another person to them. So let's open our Bibles to the, the Gospel of John, and we're going to be starting in verse 1. So John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives life to everyone The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. This is God's word. We're grateful. Amen. So John, writing this gospel, he was a follower of Jesus, and he shares about how God came to earth in human form. The creator of the universe, the all-powerful, all-knowing God, limited himself to a human body. And he took on the flesh and blood, the form of a man, and, and became a human. Sometimes I think in church we kind of brush past that. I'm like, oh yeah, Jesus God. No, like the God of the universe became a human. It's incredible. Um, one author, Eugene Peterson, in his version of uh, this text, John 1.14, puts it this way. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. It's an interesting uh, phrase. I heard a, oh. (laughs) The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. That makes it kind of feel a little more personal, right? Like the neighborhood. I wonder if God were to show up in our neighborhood, would we recognize him? God just came wearing jeans, hanging out in a coffee shop. Would we would we recognize, like, oh my gosh, that's God? <laughs> we'll be exploring that question today. If God were to show up in our neighborhood, <laughs> would we recognize him? Carl Barth was an influential scholar in the Reformed tradition, which is where our church has its heritage, and he talked about how God Um, decided to be for humanity in Jesus Christ, that before the foundation of the world, before anything ever happened, before the world was even created, God chose to send Jesus for us, because he wanted to be for humanity. He knew that humans were going to have problems, they were going to fight, they were going to argue, they were going to tear each other apart, but he said, no, I'm going to come, I'm going to be for humanity, I'm going to come in flesh and blood, a body, and I'm going to come into their world. So that, in a sense, Jesus is God's pro-humanity statement, right? The word become flesh. He's that embodiment of God being for humanity. And it's amazing because God could have been content to stay up in heaven, right? And kind of like tell different people what to do and just make things better, right? But he said, no, I'm not a God who is aloof from your pain, from your suffering, or from the joys of human life. I'm gonna come into earth, and I'm gonna walk, and I'm gonna get blisters on my feet, and I'm gonna get sweaty, and I'm gonna have to use the bathroom, and I'm gonna get a sore throat, and right? Like, all of the human experiences that we experience, he's gonna enter into that. And even relationships, too, right? He's gonna have friends, and you know, one of his friends even betrayed him. One of his best friends. And so, God is not a God who who distances himself from our experience of life but he enters in. He draws near. And um, this is the God who entered into humanity in Jesus Christ. So John uses poetic language. He talks about the word. Did you guys notice how that was repeated over and over? The word. The word. That is um, the metaphor he uses for Jesus. He says the word always existed with God, right? And that word was God. And we don't have time to get into the Trinity and how all that works, but Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit um, eternally existent, right? Always there, and, um, and he was existed with God, was God. And in verse 14, we see that this word became flesh and blood human, moved into the neighborhood of our world. So John also uses themes of light and life. Did you catch that too? Light and life to describe who Jesus was. Verse, uh, John chapter one, verse four says, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. So Jesus was life. What does that mean? Well, when you look at Jesus, you see real life. You see real human life, right? You see kindness and goodness and justice and gentleness and mercy on display, right? You see Jesus coming and preaching good news to the poor, right? Healing people who are sick, setting free people who are oppressed, Welcoming in those who were on the outside, who were marginalized, who were disliked by their community, bringing them in and including them, right? That is who Jesus is. That's the way of life that Jesus came to show and bring. And some people, when they saw that light, they recognized, they put the pieces together and realized, oh, that's God, right? They recognized him. Remember my friend Joel, a buddy I got the picture with? (laughs) I didn't recognize him at first, why? because I had never seen the show Parenthood. So when I look in the crowd of people, I don't like automatically recognize it, right? But my friend Becca, she had seen the show, she's a big fan, and so when she saw it, him, in person, in real life, she's like, oh my gosh, that's Joel. That's the one that I know from the show, right? She had this prior concept in her mind. And so John, the author of this gospel, was like my friend Becca was for me. He's trying to do that for us. He's trying to say, hey, I'm familiar with this, this concept of who God is, right? John was a Jew. He was a Hebrew person who, um, in, his, in his community, they were waiting for God to show up on earth. They were waiting. They had this um, concept in their minds that this Messiah would come, this promised one, and they were longing and they were waiting and they were hoping for, this, for God to come to earth and to set everything right, to stop the oppression. A lot of people thought about the Romans who were in charge at that time. And the Jews were more of a minority group, so they were longing for that, that freedom, that political freedom, right? Some people, um, they had different concepts in their mind of how this would play out, but at the end of the day, they all had this hope that God was going to come, and he was going to set everything right, and he was going to show them this new way of life. And so when Jesus shows up on the scene, John recognizes him, because he has that prior concept in his mind of who Jesus is and what this Messiah is going to look like. So let's check out verse 9. We talk about, so again, John is using the metaphor of light to talk about Jesus. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He, Jesus, right, was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the eternally existent God, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. This light embodied, the creator of the universe, right, came into the world he made, and some people just look right past him, right? Has that ever happened to you? You just feel like somebody's looking straight through you. They didn't even notice who you are. They didn't acknowledge your existence. That's how Jesus felt a lot of the time. Well, let's keep going. Verse 12 and 13. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So some people did recognize Jesus. And what did that look like for them? When they recognized him, how did they respond? They received him. So when I was looking up what this word received meant, actually in the original language it was it was used, people would immediately have thought of welcoming a guest, receiving a guest into your home. I've had the privilege of getting to host different people in my home here in Colorado Springs. Um, I've had different friends come over, and we've had meals together. I've had family members and friends from out of town come and stay with me. But one of my favorite experiences of hospitality, of receiving guests into my home, was when my upstairs neighbors moved in. You see, we live in this uh, two-story old Victorian home and it's kind of fallen apart but it's quaint it's beautiful we love it um and anyway so i was living on the bottom floor and then they had uh this couple named marwan and cleo move in and they uh, live on the top floor so when they moved in i immediately introduced myself to them we chatted for a bit i found out that they were students at a local college and um, that Marwan had come from Saudi Arabia, he's an international student, and they had met at college, and they were just super kind, super friendly people. Um, we exchanged phone numbers, and then eventually I invited them over to my house for brunch. And so began our friendship. Um, another time, Marwan made me Middle Eastern food, and we hung out together. We went for hikes together. We explored our attic together. <laughs> we, we've had a lot of adventures, and, and through that time, as we've been developing a relationship with one another, they've begun to impact me. They've actually had, a, had an effect on me. I noticed that I can kind of just like stay in my home and just focus in there and kind of shut out the world around me. I don't know if anybody else does that. Probably just me. But, um, but they are very attentive. They walk their dogs around our neighborhood and they notice when new ma- neighbors move in. They notice when it seems like someone's having a problem in the house behind us, right? They notice those details of our surroundings that I had previously not been aware of. So having that relationship with Marwan and Cleo has shaped my vision, has shaped my perspective, and it's helped me to be more aware of where I am. It's kind of similar with a relationship with Jesus. I know some people say, okay, you need Jesus in your heart. Yes, we do. But what does that mean? Well, it means welcoming Jesus into the very core of our being, right? Experiencing, welcoming him, right? And sometimes it starts, yeah, with a little bit of distrust, right? Or just you don't know when you're meeting someone new, but then eventually, as time goes on and on, and you continue in your relationship with Jesus, you notice he begins to have an effect on you, right? You're different because you know him, and you're in relationship with him. And that's what it means when it says that those who received him and believed in his name, they, gave, they were given the right to become children of God. It's those who welcome him who say, hey, yes, you are God, and I want you to shape my life. I want to participate in that life that God is bringing So let's go back to the question that I asked at the beginning. If God were to show up in our neighborhood, would we recognize him? I chose to move into my neighborhood just a mile away from the church because I believe that God is already at work in my neighborhood. I believe he's already at work in the lives of the people that live around me, right? He's at work in the lives of our coworkers, our friends, our classmates, right? And the question is to us, do we see what God is doing around us? Do we see how God is at work and are we willing to step in and create a space for that, to create a space of welcome, of hospitality, to welcome the presence of God and the activity of God into that space? And I was thinking about how that is a way of participating in the life that God brings, right, that Jesus is the light and the life, and that's a way that we can participate in that light in life. and life. When I was thinking about life and eternal life, you know, that word gets used a lot in Christian circles, and it does mean life forever, Right? Eternal, uh, like Jesus was eternal, right? Always existing, but it doesn't just mean forever and ever, right? Um, Because it depends on the quality of that life too, right? Some people, if you have a terrible life, or if you have a a certain condition, maybe, um, you know, it could be a curse, right? To have an eternal life, if if your eternity means being miserable, right? Um, But uh, one of the scholars that I was saying that eternal life also has to do with the quality of that life. See, that word eternal is often used to describe God. And so when we have eternal life, that's saying that we have the ability to participate in the life of God, right? That eternal life of God. It's already been going. And when we have a relationship with Jesus, we step into that eternal life. And it continues forever, right? That eternal life is good. It's that life of the kingdom of God where wrongs are made right, right? Where there's restoration, where there's healing, all of that, all the things that we notice are broken in the world begin to start being restored. And I know that just on my own, I don't naturally live into that all the time, right? Sometimes um, I'm not always kind or joyful or generous, right? Sometimes I can be a real pill to be around. Don't laugh so loud. (laughs) It's true. Um, And so, you know, I I can be selfish and unloving to others. Um, and, And when we recognize those places in our lives, like, oh, wow, I need Jesus, right? I need his new life, his eternal life to come and make me whole in those, those places, right? When we, when we feel that ache and that longing inside of us, we're putting our finger on the places we need God to show up. We need to recognize Jesus and see him for all of who he is and, and what he can bring, Jesus comes and he brings shalom. That's a Hebrew word that means peace, but it means more than just peace. It, it means life, wholeness, things being made right, good relationships, healing, forgiveness, and true peace. This is the life that Jesus invites us into when we welcome him. And Jesus came to show us that way of life, the kingdom of God, right? And he lived that life, and then he was unjustly killed by the authorities of his day, But on the third day, he rose again from the dead and he ascended into heaven. See, Jesus is ruling and reigning right now. His kingdom has already started and it will be brought to its completion when Jesus returns. And right now, we get to see glimpses of the kingdom of God. Here and there, we see it pop up. We see uh, a marriage being restored. We see healing in reconciled relationships. We see repentance. We see Um, even physical healing sometimes, right? We see glimpses of the kingdom of God. But sometimes we're still longing to see that that healing, right? We're still longing to see that kingdom come. Why didn't this person get healed, right? Or why didn't um, this person come back to me, right? So there's a we live in this tension, this mix between the already and the not yet of the kingdom of God. But one day, Jesus will return and complete that kingdom of God, and we'll see the fullness of what he's bringing. So my question for us today is, Will you receive Jesus, actually receive him into your life and let him shape who you are? Will you let that relationship with him begin to change you and begin to shape those areas of your life that you need him to work in? And it is a risk, right? It's always a risk when you put yourself out there and ask for somebody's number and hope to become friends but don't know what's going to happen, right? It's always a risk when you take that step. But we can do that today. Um, This is a safe place where you can wrestle with questions, where you can Um, ask friends to pray for you if you're going through a tough time, right? Um, So, in this new year, um, what would it look like to receive Jesus, to welcome him, to recognize him for who he is, but then also to receive his impact in your life, and to watch for what he's doing around you? God has shown up in our neighborhood, and we recognize him. We believe that Jesus was God, and he came, he moved into our neighborhood, what might it look like to demonstrate the light in the life of Jesus where you are? What would it look like to welcome your physical neighbors, people that live around you? Maybe it's people in your kids' uh, Sunday like school classroom, maybe. Um, maybe it's people that, you go to, that you're that you in class with. Uh, maybe some of your coworkers. What would it look like to, to create a space for community to happen and to watch and see what God does? We can notice how God is present in our neighborhoods. And when we do that, we, we bear witness to the fact that God has shown up in our neighborhood and we do recognize him. As we move toward the table, um, we remember this. Every time that we celebrate communion, we remember that Jesus is God come in the flesh for us. He's the one who has taken on the human experience, has felt it all, has experienced all of it, and loves us and has given himself for us. So I'm going to pray, and then, and then we'll move into communion. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you that you were not content to stay in heaven aloof and removed and distant from us, but you are a God who draws near. You are a God who sees us and who has shown us the way of light and life. We thank you, God, that um, no one is too far from your love. God, that no one has um, made so many mistakes that you would reject them. But Jesus, we thank you that you were the one who extended grace and mercy to every single person who called out to you. We thank you that that's who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the First Prez Podcast. If you would like more information, you may visit our website at firstprezcos.org.